I hate to break it to you, but you're in for a big surprise. Five years from now, Jane, who's resigning today, will ring the NASDAQ bell, officially launching her company on the public market. And what you'll soon realize is that Jane stole your most valuable data to start her new company on her way out the door. Learn how Code42 Insider can stop data theft and protect your organization's most valuable assets. Visit Code42.com to learn more. Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses, offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing, and retail industries by visiting epicor.com slash essential. That's epicor.com slash essential. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business success, build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Welcome to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today's episode features Pam Sams. For 17 years, Pam has been serving women and partnering with them to improve their financial and personal wealth through solid financial planning. Known to all as the financial navigator, Pam helps women navigate the rough waters towards financial independence so that they can be, do, and have their heart's desire. The part of Boost Pam will address is optimize relationships, more specifically, your relationship with money. Hey, Pam, welcome to the Boost Podcast. Thanks. Nice for having me, Kelly. My pleasure. My pleasure. You know, I am so excited to have you on the call today because we're going to talk about a subject that I think a lot of people struggle with, and that's finance and money. Eek. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And I know you are just the queen, the guru in helping particularly women Um, to grow in their financial literacy and their wealth. And so tell me just a little bit more about you and the work that you do and and also this new um, Northern Virginia Women's Personal Finance Club that you um, are part of. Yeah, awesome. Great. Well, um, uh, my financial planning practice, I started 17 years ago, really with the uh, precipice of trying to help um, women out of really helping my mother through her transition, uh, becoming a widow uh, after my father had passed away. Um, my mother was part of an older generation of women who really never handled the household finances. Um, you know, really handling kind of the day-to-day. Um, you know, my mom was one of those back-of-the-envelope people. You know, hey, this is what needs to be paid this week, blah, blah, blah. Give it to my dad, write a check. You know, and those were paid that way. But really never um, got into kind of the investing. Um, you know, they had a bank account. Um, but during that transition of her becoming a widow after my father had passed away, she was really struggling, um, trying to figure out what she had, uh, what she had available to her, what my dad had left in terms of a pension, Social Security, and things like that. Um, so my siblings and I really just had to do a whole lot of uh, legwork on educating her, getting her up to speed, helping her learn how to write a check, you know, all of these things. Um, and I had a little bit of a finance background. I got an MBA in financial management um, with the intent really to, to look at investment banking um, sometime in, I think that was the um, 
um, late 90s. And then I had two kids back to back, Kelly. So that was not going to fit into my Right, career. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just sitting on a, you know, uh, on a degree and not sure what, what to go into. So a lot of that really kind of helped uh, with some of the knowledge on helping my mom. So then after that, I said, hey, you know, maybe this personal financial planning is uh, where I really, what's my calling, what's my mission is, and really just kind of help women, women understand their money. So after that, I really just got my licenses to become a personal financial planner uh, with an emphasis on helping women really understand and become educated in this this whole world of money. Wow. Well, and you know, you touched on so many things in the amount, in the the content that you just shared, because I know so many of us are in that sandwich generation. And so Mm -hmm. um, I can definitely appreciate And um, would love for you to share her. And I know we're going to sort of move a little bit off topic, but for you to share Mm -hmm. guidance to people who are perhaps supporting their parents, because so many of us, we have aging parents and particularly, let's just keep it real. And I don't know. All I know is from Mm -hmm. what I know in the, let's say the black community, the African-American community, certain things you just don't talk about. And so growing up, I didn't know how much money my parents made. I didn't know where that money was. I, you know, didn't know they had a will, don't really know anything about it. And so how did you, what was that conversation like um, with your mother? And um, and you said you have siblings, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so yeah, I'm, so give, uh, one a, of, I'm one of eight. So oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. So if you could give one tip around how perhaps someone who's listening who has to have that, who hasn't had perhaps the conversation with a parent to figure Mm -hmm. out, okay, what's going on financially because you're getting older and I may have to support you or I just need to know what level of support you need. What does that conversation look like? Yeah, it's it's a hard conversation, like you said, especially in our community. You know, we we uh, hold everything to our guests, and you know, and really don't share a lot of information. And you know, you, my business is my business, and we don't share a lot. So, it's really a challenge, even with you know dealing with my mom. And you know, it took her a long time, even after my father had passed away, to even think about um, you know putting an estate plan or will in place. Because uh, that was just not something that she wanted to do, and and, and I'm going to say one of these things, uh, and take it as it is. But sometimes in our community, we have these weird superstitions. Like if we talk about death, or we, we something comes up like that, it's going to happen. Right. So a yep. lot of times, you, you know, it's like, hey, let's get life insurance. Well, I'm not going to talk about life insurance because then I may die, or <laughs> I don't want to talk about estate planning, <laughs> right. or I may die. You know. Yes. So you have to kind of get through some of those mindset issues uh, as well. Um, but this is one of the things that I really uh, challenge my clients to talk about who are part of that sandwich generation to, you know, kind of ease into the conversation on, you know, because, and then I wrote an uh, article recently, or at least I cited, I was cited in an article, is that um, your financial plan is going to be affected by more than likely your or your parents' financial plan, depending on what level of assistance you're going to need mm-hmm. <laughs> to give mm-hmm. them yep. at some point. So you really need to kind of figure out, you know, am I going to have to, you know, give you three or $400 a month to, you know, to really supplement your income um, from what you're getting with Social Security and, and Medicare payments and all of those things. So really just trying to ease into that conversation. You know, you don't want to be too pushy or, you know, get too many details, but, you know, hey, do you have this in place? Do you have long-term care in place? 
Um, you know, do you have a, a pension? Are you making a, a regular income? And, you know, just some kind of light conversation at first, really just kind of get uh, an understanding of where they, they may lie and um, what they're bringing in with resources. And then, of course, you know, once you start talking about some of those areas, maybe having kind of, hey, can we have what um, uh, me and my siblings ended up doing is that we had family meetings after my father had passed away, really to like, okay, here's mom, and then this is where, you know, we can all contribute if she needed help, um, really maybe having a family meeting where you're kind of talking more in depth about these things. And so it's not really one of those, hey, I'm all in your business, but this is kind of a, a family forum. Mm-hmm. And then I think you get a little bit more information out of uh, out of your parents in a more of a format like that. Gotcha. So as you've been, because you've been in the industry for a while, are you mm-hmm. seeing any trends um, in terms of our um, spending and or our saving habits as, and let's, let's look at, um, I guess, entrepreneurs or business professionals specifically, what kind mm-hmm. of trends are you seeing? Well, um, what I'm seeing now is a, a lot of people that are, are um, getting into their own businesses, more entrepreneurs. I think after um, you know, 2008, you know, I was probably in the industry for about six years uh, when the, the market did I had a crash and, you know, the financial uh, crisis. And so I think out of that, a lot of um, entrepreneurs were um, were made because we really didn't want to have to rely on a job. And it really, the trend that I saw out of that too, and recently in a, in a conversation that I have with a, with a millennial who's starting her own business, she's kind of, you know, doing it as a side hustle now, but uh, is that she she did, you know, she got out of college right when, you know, 2008, 2009, and, you know, she was all on the job for about two weeks, and then, you know, her position was gone, and she's like, you know, what do I do now? Yeah. And out of that, it, she was like, you know, I don't want to have to rely on an employer anymore, so she started, you know, she is working, like I said, but she, she heard that mindset is, I'm not going to have to rely on that. I want to rely on myself. And so I see a lot of trends on just really dealing with um, the whole entrepreneurship on going into business for yourself in order to make more money versus relying on an employer. Gotcha. And that I'm imagining is across the board. I know you you specified with a millennial, but I guess as Mm -hmm. a general rule, we see more and more, especially with the gig economy and folks are just trying to, to be better planners with their financial future. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we see so many entrepreneurs popping up. So what kind of advice, let's say I'm a, um, let's say I'm a, I have a job, but then I'm starting, um, to, you know, just endeavor into this whole dipping my toe in entrepreneurship. What are some of the financial, I guess, like foundational, maybe building blocks? I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a good, what are some of the things that I should be thinking about if I've, if I'm playing in both of those worlds? Yeah, so uh, that's a, a very good question because, you know, what I get a lot of times is that, you know, hey, I can't really start a business. I don't have a whole lot of money or, you know, it's it, it's a, a leap of faith when you really have to get out because you're not um, getting a steady paycheck or steady right. income. You know, it, I think it's that, that old adage with 
entrepreneurs, we, we basically gave up working 40 hours a week to work one, one, 120 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> right, and half the pay, right? <laughs> yeah, and so sometimes, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a challenge, you right. know, just, from looking, um, I guess, the, the looking like looking in is that, yes, I went on my own business, but it also takes a lot of sacrifice and also, uh, you know, really having the, the resources. So I would, what I generally uh, recommend for people is really just to kind of make sure you have some type of um, you know cash reserve when you first uh, you know hop out there because you know if you're making or maybe not making any income or you're getting, putting it right back into the business you still have to you know you still have to eat you still have to pay the bills um, so really having some resources on the side in order to get you through um, that first year um, maybe two or at least having some type of um, business investment that will be able to pay some of the uh, fixed expenses in your business mm-hmm. in order to really help you grow because you don't want to get out there and you're not self-sustaining yourself and you're not paying the bills because that'll put you into a situation where um, you're not um, sustaining your household. You may be getting into credit card debt. You may be getting you know, some, some adverse situations that you don't want to put yourself into. So really having some kind of comfortable cash reserve. Is there a rule of thumb on how much cat, um, like a couple of months or what do you generally? Generally about three to six months worth of uh, living expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really going to hop out and do an entrepreneur type uh, venture, then I would generally say close to a year, about okay. 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're doing that. And if that's not the case and you really just want to um, get started, like I said, you know, as a side gig, um, you know, really continue to full time, but then starting your business on the side until you feel comfortable that it's going to sustain itself and then you may be able to release the full time job after that. Okay. Now, what about because I've heard. Um some folks are, um, you know, their start, their startup costs may be a lot larger mm-hmm. than some other folks, like certainly like professional services companies. Sometimes it's a little bit easier. You don't have as large mm-hmm. of a investment or seed capital, um, required, but more and more I'm hearing about, um, like different options to borrow on like your 401k. Like what are your thoughts on if you don't have money to start your, Mm -hmm. to invest for that initial, I guess, working capital. What are good sources versus, oh no, don't ever do this if it Mm -hmm. means that you're going to have to do it. What are your thoughts on start on that initial investment? Well, on the initial investment, I mean, if people need to kind of tap into, if they don't have any particular resources, I mean, Gen- SBA has some really good resources mm. uh, for uh, for capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have to go to, you know, and, and, and apply and, you know, go through a lot of scrutiny, um, you know, in terms of uh, getting funds from there. Um, 401ks are uh, in, in IRAs are a means to do that. Uh, that's generally something I don't recommend um, because, you know, I mean, you're, yes, you are betting on yourself, uh, but you are taking resources away from your, um, your ultimate retirement. So that's kind of, if you need it, that's kind of one of the, the later resources that I would recommend. Um, and then also, you know, people um, that want to get started with um, in business sometimes, you know, if you get a partner. Uh, and or family who may be able to support you and invest in, in, in your business for a little bit and maybe able to give you a loan um, so you can get started in your business and then you know you work out an agreement to um, you know they may have a little bit of interest in your business but you would end up paying them back uh, with equity 
So that's okay. So let's talk about that. So it's funny that because in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, she hasn't said friends yet. But then again, this might be a thing that's specific to certain communities. For certain communities, Mm -hmm. that's the first place they go is to their family versus Mm -hmm. others. They're like, yeah, I'm only going to do that if it's like a matter of life or death. (laughs) But I love the fact that you said you could go to friends or family and then put an agreement in place to mm-hmm. pay it back because that's the other thing is often there's this notion of, oh, well, I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to have my family invest in me. I haven't invested not even a penny in myself, but I'm asking these people to mm-hmm. invest in me, nor am I offering them an opportunity to pay them back. And so it's exactly. so funny the other day. Um, sometimes you get the best laughs on social media. I saw someone <laughs> posted on social media something about – I don't ever want to see you post on social media how you're rolling in the dough, but you still owe me oh, yeah. money or something like that. And exactly. I was like, oh, yes. my gosh. Yes, <laughs> yes. So thank you for, you know, sort of highlighting that initial piece that's often forgotten where it's like, okay, yeah, and there's a repayment plan with interest associated yeah. with this um, this borrowing that I am making from a family member or mm-hmm. friend. Yeah, I mean, because you both have to have some skin in the game. And, you know, if they're betting on you, um, you know, you have to you know, have some, like I said, skin in the game with that as well. And really, hey, I'm going to, you know, grow this uh, business. You know, you can, you know, basically get in on the ground floor. You maybe, you know, in exchange for the repayment, maybe a little bit of ownership into the business. You know, whatever you decide, but at least it's a... It's a Legally binding agreement, um, so you both have some um, some fair say in, in equity in the business, and if they're going to um, to loan you money. Gotcha. Now, tell me about the um, Northern Virginia Women's Personal Finance Club. What's that all about? How oh, frequently do you yeah. meet? All that good stuff. Yes, uh, we try to get together um, monthly um, or every couple of months, but that was kind of born out of the same. Um, idea that women need this type of uh, education and a safe space to get this type of education and know that you feel comfortable with asking questions. And I always tell people, you know, questions are, there's no dumb questions. If you don't know, you don't know. Right. Um, so it's really a, an environment where we go over a particular topic, if people want to know more about certain things, um, and they've heard stuff. And they want to really uh, get educated around that particular topic, like I said, in a safe environment where you can ask anything and everything. And then also um, women who are able to share their stories and share their experiences. And then I just kind of facilitate as uh, um, as the meetup organizer um, is that I develop the topic. But then, you know, I, I give a, a light presentation and then I kind of open up to the, uh, to the other women to, to talk. Uh, we actually had a reporter come in um, a couple of months ago um, who um, interviewed some of the ladies to see what they were, their interests were and what they were getting out of it. Uh, one of the ladies really thought it was a, a good environment because what she had run into with some advisors that she had worked with in the past or at least had, had, um, had sat down with is that things were being mansplained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the things that she liked about an all woman's group, uh, was kind of learning together without the, uh, the judgment, without the mansplaining, mm-hmm. um, and then really just a comfortable, safe environment to learn about money. Wow. Awesome. Mansplaining. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. 
it's funny we in our house um in our household we talk about man eyes um you know man eyes (laughs) being that oh yeah well that's right on that front shelf right there you can't see it oh man eyes Mm -hmm. (laughs) mansplaining exactly i think every guy has it you know i tell my husband the same thing it's right there in front of you you go in the refrigerator you just pick it right up and tell and and give it to him yeah yes (laughs) yes the first time my my son heard it he's like what mayonnaise i'm not looking for the mayonnaise and i'm like no man eyes man eyes Good stuff. Well, Pam, this was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. What's the best way if someone, you know, wants to get in touch with you to learn more about how you might mm-hmm. be able to help them? What's the best way for folks to reach you? Yes, um, well, thanks for uh, letting me um, tell people how to get in touch with me. Uh, my company is Jackson Sam's Wealth Strategies. Uh, my website is uh, www.jacksonsam.com. That's J-A-C-K-S-O-N-S-A-M-S.com. I'm also on social media uh, at Jackson Sam's Wealth on Facebook and Instagram. And then on Twitter, I'm at Jackson Sam's WS, standing for Wealth Strategies. Um, so I'm in a variety of different places, and if people want to email me, it's Pamela at JacksonSamps.com if they had any other questions or concerns, and I always offer a, uh, a free complimentary consultation to sit down and meet with me for no obligation, really just to kind of figure out what their situation is and if I can help. Awesome. So yeah, financial tune-up, right? Correct. That's Good stuff. Beautiful. Well, I definitely appreciate your time and your expertise and the work that you're doing to support women and the the business and just life community in general. So thanks for everything that you do, Pam. Thank you very much for having me, Kelly. My pleasure. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Thanks again for tuning in to the Boost Podcast. I hope what you heard today will help you to build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. If you liked what you heard, please don't forget to share the podcast with your family and your friends. And while you're at it, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. For more information on me or any of the other services that we provide, feel free to head over to our website, kellytleonard.com. I look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode of the Boost Podcast. April is Parkinson's Awareness Month. Visit michaeljfox.org slash April to support critical research. And thanks. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.